With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here are your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. Hey guys, it's Nina Pantic, one of the co-hosts of this show. I'm joined by Irina Falcone. Hey guys, how's it going? We are in the middle of the French Open, Roland Garros, and we have some pretty exciting news to cover today. This is a French Open special episode. It's just the two of us. The most obvious headlines today, this is we're recording this episode on Saturday, is Naomi Osaka is out, Serena Williams is out, and they've been absolutely dominated, I would say. I think it's safe to say, because they both lost in straight sets. Um, I think we should kick it off with Serena Williams because her upset was against an American, Sophia Sonia Kennan, who Irina and I have pretty much known or followed for most of her life, arguably. Sonia played an absolutely flawless match. I watched it from beginning to end, and in the beginning, you probably thought, okay, you know, Serena's just warming up. She's not playing great. But in all honesty, I mean... Sonia just didn't let Serena really play her game. She was hitting the ball so deep. She had very little unforced errors. And I heard one of the commentators say something along the lines of, if you're going to beat Serena Williams, you better do it in straight sets. And she just had this confidence. She had the swagger. She didn't care that it was Serena Williams on the other side of the court. I mean, you can definitely tell her age a little bit. Um, She's 20 years old. And it was the funniest thing to watch her. She kept going over to the lines to make sure that the lines were correct and the calls were right and uh, it was just really funny because she just had absolutely no fear of what was going on on the other side the crowd was actually against her a little bit and she just went out there and she was just like I'm gonna play my game I'm gonna drop shot Serena like she's never seen before and granted Serena probably did not play her best tennis today but Sonia really came out and really played to the occasion Oh, yeah, she absolutely gave it to her. At no point was she waiting for Serena to miss. Like you said, it was not Serena's best day, but it wasn't her worst. And I think it's a testament to Kenan and her mental strength because she just kept coming after her and swinging, even on match points. I mean, she was 100% going for it. This is a kid that's been trained, I think, from a young age to, to, to be like this, to be this tough. Her, her idol is Maria Sharapova, and, I mean, there's no better comparison except Sharapova hasn't beaten Serena in over a decade. But... Nonetheless, there's similarities in how tough she's got that Russian background. Her dad is super involved. She is relentless. And she seems to love the crowd, even if it's against her. I mean, I know when she played the Czech Republic in the Fed Cup final, she lost both those matches. It was super emotional. But you could tell she was on the cusp of something great. I just didn't think, I didn't think she'd beat Serena. I thought that she would, especially at five all in the second, you kind of expect her to, to panic. And instead, she was like, no, I'm going for this. And that is amazing to see and so fun. For the people that were watching the match, I don't know if you guys remember, but in the first set, she was up 5-2, and she was at in, and she hit a second serve, and they, uh, Serena missed the return. And they didn't call it out. They said game set, and uh, Sonia looked over to her, her, um, her player box, was super pumped, 
And then the referee comes down, circles the mark, calls it out. She has to go back and play from deuce. It's very hard to just come back after you think you've won the set and go back to Deuce and be like, all right, I have to do it again against Serena Williams. So Sophia Cannon is only 20 years old, but she's not the youngest player left in this draw. There are two other, there are two teenagers. We have Iga Schwantek. I don't know where the N is in that, in that name, but apparently that's how you pronounce it. She turned 18 on Friday. She is 12 years younger than me. I mean, I can't even. But honestly, Cannon was... Is, Kennedy is 17 years younger than Serena, so you know what? It's all it's all good. Um, and then Amanda Anisimova is 17, turns 18 in August, and she's also through the fourth round. These two kids make it look so, so easy. They're just kind of... I mean, Schwantek lost a set to Monica Puig 6-0 and then just bounces back, wins 3-3, and bursts into tears. Kennedy also bursts into tears. I don't really expect this kind of emotion from young players. I kind of expect it from veterans who've like struggled I don't know this I feel like that when they struggle they come back they overcome all these hurdles but these young kids are so passionate I mean I know you you know Schwantek from personal experience I played Iga Swatek last year in uh, Charleston it was an 80k in the states and I remember looking over after the match I, I lost the match and I looked over to my crew and I was like this girl's gonna be really good like you guys better watch out. She's not just somebody that, oh, it was a bad day for me. No, she actually came out and just, she knew how to play the game. She was so clear on what she was trying to do on the court. And when I was watching today against Monica Puig, I mean, to be able to come back after being bageled in the first set, third round, you're probably like, all right, got to pack it in. You know, it was a good run. But to be able to come back and just dominate pretty much and Monica I mean she's a veteran she's been playing for a long time she's been in these situations before so the fact that Iga was able to come out and yeah the fact that she was emotional about it not surprised at all it's not every day for an 18 year old I mean she's 17 turned just turned 18 but the fact that she's in the fourth round of the French Open and last year she was in the qualities of an 80k that's pretty big it's huge. And she has swagger. I mean, something about the way she walks, the way she plays, the way she acts, it, it's swag. And I think Kennan has a lot of swag. And Anasimova also has swag. They all act like they belong here, even though it's probably their first, I mean, it is their first time getting this far. And that's something that you kind of, I don't think you can really teach that. I mean, you can probably ingrain confidence in kids as they're growing up, but to have swag on a global stage is is a testament to like who they are and how they've been brought up, I think. The fact that they have swag at this age is also amazing to me just because it's very easy to get caught up in the moment. You win, you beat Serena Williams, okay, great. Like That's one of the biggest wins of your career and whatnot. But there's a match in two days. There's a tournament next week. Like It's going to be old news. And to be able to come back and consistently do well, I mean, all these three girls that we're talking about they're consistently doing well. Um, so it just goes to show that they're all very mature for their ages. I mean, we shall see what happens when they have to defend all these points in the next couple of years, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have long careers. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think things things always look so amazing the first time you do it. It's the, the part of defending and getting used to your new status. So speaking of that, Naomi Osaka lost to Katarina Sinyakova, who is known for being doubles number one, but she's a lethal singles player, there's no doubt. But there was a moment where Naomi lost the first set 6-4, and Tennis Channel staff and I were, were messaging, and we're all kind of like, oh, you know what, like, Naomi might still win this. Like, we kind of have that faith in her because she won the Australian Open. She won the U.S. Open. She's a top seed. You kind of start to expect that. And that's 
brutal for her to have to deal with because now the disappointment is bigger. And she said in her press conference how she didn't feel, she felt the slam was different. She wasn't just going out there and having fun and enjoying herself. She had all this pressure and kind of anxiety and tension. And that's something these young players haven't had yet, might not have for a few years. Naomi is a little bit older and obviously number one in the world. Were you surprised by her loss? I mean, she did make a comment. She said that she hasn't been relaxed this whole tournament and that the French Open was a little bit of a weight on her, just getting that third slam in a row. I mean, I mean, she's still so young. I understand that the, the Serena Williams and the Martina Hingises, I mean, they had no problem being number ones at their early ages. But at this stage and where tennis is right now, Naomi has everybody gunning for her. I mean, just a few weeks after winning the Australian Open, I believe she lost to Kristina Mladenovic. And there's just going to be matches and tournaments every week. So I struggle when the media and commentators, like, freak out over one match. Oh, my God, I can't believe Like, guys, don't worry. It's a long career. There's going to be another match. She will face Sinyakova again. And chances are it might go her way. But that's the beauty about tennis. Like, there's always a tournament next week that she can come out and play well. And if it doesn't go well, there's another one after that. I mean, I think she'll be absolutely okay. You make a great point. The year is so long. Their careers are so long. And the media pressure is so fast and furious. Very much aware of that being a thing. And, I mean, I think I think she'll be okay, especially given the way things are going for her. Even making the third round. I mean, that's it's still not bad at the end of the day. Like... Still a, a respectable week. I agree. And the fact that in the first two matches that she had, I mean, it wasn't a cakewalk. She was down. I think she was two points away from losing her first match. And then in the second match, she was also in a tough three-setter. I mean, it hasn't been easy. So the fact that she was able to overcome those two matches, that should be a win in itself. It should. It should. It, it, it might not feel that way to her, but it should. So Siniakova now gets to play Madison Keys in the fourth round, meaning one of them is into the quarterfinals. I mean, Madison Keys is someone that we know is your neighbor, someone that you text emojis to after she plays matches, someone that made the semifinals last year. I mean, how cool is it watching your friend do well? Absolutely awesome just to see that, oh, hey, I made sure to take care of her plans today. And she's also playing in the third round of French Open. I mean, I'm just so happy to be able to like support someone and uh, not be freaking out because it's very hard to support an opponent that, you know, you're playing against every single week and, you know, they're trying to take your lunch money. But we've become such good friends and to be able to see her on the screen. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, she's been playing great tennis. Uh, just super excited that she's been able to, um, find someone that is clicking with her, uh, with regards to her coach. She decided to take up, uh, Juan Tadero, AKA Nacho, whom she worked with like years ago. And the fact that they were able to kind of reconnect and, do well together so quickly. I, I think it's great for her, and she seems really happy, and she's just out there bawling. It's important, though, to have that right support system, and it looks like things are clicking, because even though she lost second set against um, Priscilla Hahn, and she lost second set as well on Saturday, she looked in control of the match kind of the entire time. Like, we, like we watched her lose both those sets, but it was like, no, no, I think she's got this. Like, I really think she's got this. And she looked like she had it, and that's also super important, because these matches are tough. This red clay is tough. I mean, I was just down there in Lake Nona, saw the red clay courts, talked to 
um, her coach's brother about the red clay. And that's somewhere where Madison got to prepare and get ready for a genuine European red clay is so hard to find in America. Hence why the Americans don't exactly do that well in Paris. I mean, we had five American women play the third round, but uh, zero American men in the third round. So maybe America needs to get some more clay, but until then, that's okay. Madison can keep pushing this, and Sophia Kennan as well, and Anna Simova. I mean, the women's draw is wide open, right? But the men's draw kind of feels like we're probably going to have a repeat champion. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It'd be pretty freaking amazing to see Rafa Nadal win yet another slam. I mean, he's... He's made so many milestones, like you can't even like count them all because they're just so amazing. But he made such a great comment. He goes, he's like, you guys make such a big deal that you know I'm so good on clay, but you know I've had some pretty good results on hard and decent results on grass, indoor not so much. But I mean, it just attributes the fact that he is such an all court player, and I mean. He may not love it when people constantly say he's the king of clay, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't mind having that crown if I was him. <laughs> I absolutely would not mind having 11 Roland Garros titles. He's obsessed with grass, though. Even when he was a junior, he was talking about how Wimbledon is his favorite tournament, and that always throws me off. I'm like, what are you talking about, Rafa? You are the king of clay. But, you know, we did a poll. Maria Carilla brought this up the other day, and obviously it's adjusted now because Serena is not part of it anymore. But the poll was... What would be the most impressive accomplishment that could happen in week two at the French Open? So one of the options is obviously Nadal winning his 12th French Open title, his 18th major. Other option is Novak Djokovic winning his second French Open title, fourth straight major, meaning he's holding all four Grand Slams for the second time. Roger Federer is still in the draw, winning his second French Open title, 21st major. And then the fourth option would have been Serena winning 24th major, obviously tying her with Margaret Court. And for me, what stands out, like, yeah, look, Rafa winning his 12th is amazing. It's unheard of. It's ridiculous. But there's something about Roger Federer on clay that just bewilders me. The fact that he's back on it is so huge. And if he was to win one, it was the last time he won the French Open was 10 years ago. He's an underdog. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm going to go with Roger on this vote. But I don't know what you think. I agree. If Nadal wins another slam, it would be absolutely historic. I mean, 12 is pretty ridiculous. But the fact that Novak has won the last three slams and will win his fourth here and has already done a career Grand Slam before, that's pretty impressive. Um, I know that he may not have as many slams as Federer. He may not have as many slams as Rafa. But at the same time, I mean, he's gotten a lot more wins between them than any other player. So... I'm pretty sure that I'm going to go ahead with Novak on this one. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I think all opinions value. The poll is out there for anyone that wants to find it on tennis.com. Um, we've got a lot more tennis coming up on week two with the French Open. We're going to be back with another episode to take a look at what happens there. But I'm pretty excited to see what happens in both draws. We talked more about women today, but that's because today was... Saturday was just explosive in terms of women's upsets. We just couldn't help ourselves. Um, But yeah, we'll be back next week. This has been the Tennis.com podcast, Inside the Tour. And I've been Nina Panchik, joined by Irina Falcone. Thanks for listening, guys. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.